are. I'm Molly. And we were too busy to flush to record. We were too busy to record a show yesterday. And Because uh, so we like to record on Tuesday nights. We do, for whatever reason. Um, and it's Which doesn't Wednesday. make a ton of sense, because Tuesday's a little bit of a crazy night. Tuesday's an entirely crazy day for me. I mean, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you know, I've got my, my prayer meeting on Tuesday morning, Bible study on Wednesday morning, judo on Tuesday night, and it's just... Those are my two busiest days of the week, for the most part. And yet, we settled for a month. It just now sort of worked out Tuesday that way, yeah. So, far. so I don't know. We'll see how Wednesday night goes. Yeah. How's your week been? It's been okay. Is this the first time we've had a chance to talk about our week? It might be because we all got sick. Yeah. I don't. What? Do we, I don't even remember what we did this weekend. Uh, we skied on Saturday. Right. Uh, by we, I mean I and the kids. Yeah, I stayed in the lodge Saturday. and drank beer at 9 a.m. Um, yeah, that was a pretty terrible day for me, too. I was cranky all day, remember? Oh, that's right. You were cranky all day. I'm just over, like, rushing everyone out of the house at 7.30 and packing lunches. And all the kids are ungrateful and cranky and discombobulated in the morning. And then they're all cranky and ungrateful and discombobulated the whole drive home and the whole evening because they're exhausted. And we got up there this time and the baby didn't have any a coat or boots. <laughs> so it was fortunate that you blew out your knee and you were spending the day in the lodge because one mm-hmm. of us would have spent the day in the lodge with her regardless. Um, because fortunately it was a 40 degree day and it wasn't one of those days where I'm afraid to take her from the car to the lodge because it's so cold. Without her coat. She did have a hat. So there's that. Give me points for hat. She stayed in her sleeper all day. Because that was the only thing that had feet on it. She would have been walking around barefoot in the lodge. And then during the afternoon, she didn't nap like she normally does. She proceeded to basically walk up and down the outside stairwell of the lodge. And at one point we stopped paying attention to her and some other mom whose kid was walking up and down the stairwell ended up in charge of her for a while. When was that? I was after I quit skiing. Oh, I don't remember that at all. She was sitting at the top of the stairs, and this mom was watching this little toddler and Faith were kicking their feet at the top of the stairs, and then they disappeared. And I looked down, I have no idea how long they'd been, at the bottom of the stairs, like leaning over the rail, looking out at the bottom of the stairs. I was like, hey, sorry to leave you in charge of my baby. She's like, it's fine, I'm not going anywhere. The good news (laughs) is there are so many moms up there with all sorts of kids. There was a family that brought a pack and play. There's a a family brought a pack and play and had their, their baby less than a year in the pack and play all day. Mom hung out with the kids in the morning. And then I noticed that mom was gone all afternoon, but dad was sitting there. So I'm guessing. That's you know, a lot of commitment. They've got kids. I think a couple of the kids were in the ski program that our kids are in. And dad skied all morning, came back, took over the took over the watching of the kids, and then mom skied all, all afternoon. That's one way. I mean, you do what you got to do, I guess, to establish that family. Mo- I think people would say we're probably as committed as they are. Yeah. I. But yeah. you're in luck because this is the last Saturday. That we're doing this. Praise the Lord. Um, we can, every we year can go, it's going to get easier and easier. We can go back to going to skiing on Mondays when there's nobody there and we can show up at 1030. Yeah. And not be freaking out about parking because we have to hike. Um, so so that actually leads a segue um, to a new segment that occurred to me on our drive home. 
And, uh, you know, my day had been decent after Elise decided she was done skiing, and I went and skied a couple of runs by myself, and I got some endorphins from really working out my it's energy. hard to have a bad day when you're out there like oh i'm skiing all this powder by myself and it's sunny it out. wasn't there wasn't powder it was really it was really nice and sunny i did end up on a few awkward weird lift rides with people who didn't want to be like singles with me on the lift and on a day they were, there were enough people that you couldn't be like hey you take that chair and i'll take my chair and we'll go by ourselves because there's a line behind us so if you're two people who are riding by yourselves you double up. And there were a couple of people who weren't very pleased to be doubling up. I could tell. They were a little bit awkward about they it. They need to get over themselves. Yeah. They're anyway, probably from Minnesota. Anyway, so so I was fine. And then driving home, the kids were all crashing and complaining. And, you know, Kindles weren't charged properly. And, and then we banned no, the we Kindles. No, we took the Kindles away, hoping they would take a nap. And that made things even worse. There was a lot of whining. And then we turned on Ellie Holcomb's new soundtrack, or new, new album, which our kids all have a, a self-proclaimed favorite song on. And Lily's self-proclaimed favorite is, now I'm going to forget what it is, it's called The God of All Nations. And she's in the back seat, now that she's gotten over her Kindle trauma, she's in the back seat belting out lyrics about how God made everyone, and even though we're all different, uh, he we're all his sons and daughters, and... He is the God of all nations. And it just kind of warmed my heart that in the midst of this incredible mess of a day where we didn't even bring a coat to the ski area for our toddler, I packed a lunch nobody would eat. Uh, you know, so we're bringing, packing the lunch home and throwing it away, essentially. All of these things um, that at least my thought was, at least I'm doing something right. Like, here's a little moment of at least this something is going right. And then, I think it was yesterday, I, I snapped a couple... I just went through my um, my picture roll on my phone and put a couple of pictures on our Instagram um, of other, like... Okay, so life feels like it's a, a total mess. Especially, like you said, after five five out of six of us threw up on at some point on Sunday, Sunday night. And at one point in the wee hours, Monday morning, I'm holding Faith on my lap and we're both puking at the same time into the same bowl because she's too young. She's 1.75. She's too young to even, like, she fights it when it's coming out and she fights me trying to help her contain it into something. And so I'm trying, I'm pinning her hands to her chest because she's pushing away the bowl and at one point I lost not this time another time and she's throwing up I lost control of that and she overshot the bowl and it went down my sleeve of my sweatshirt that I was sleeping in and so then I spent the rest of the night with puke down my sleeve because I wasn't going to leave her to wander around the house while I went to take a shower and change um so um so yeah, I've got her pinned there and we're both puking into the same bowl at the same time. Done that one other, one other time. It was Mother's Day and it was me and Elise when she was about that age. That was fun too. But anyway, so Tuesday I'm looking for the brighter side of things and Faith has helped me empty the dishwasher as she has done faithfully for months now and she piles it all into the wrong drawer and it's so painfully adorable I can't even help it. And I've got a picture on my, my camera roll of... Lily and Faith together, who 
Faith just adores Lily as her second mom, and Lily just loves being her nurturing one, and they look alike, and I just think that, I hope, I hope that for life they have a special sister bond, but that um, it's not, it's not the type of special sister bond that excludes Elise. <laughs> um, but she'll, Elise will have a different type of sister bond, but I think because of the age Lily is, she's able to be more nurturing. Um, and I can't remember what else I put, but I put a couple of pictures on Instagram that were like almost, I didn't do a hashtag, but hashtag, at least I'm doing something right. Um, you know, look on the bright side. And for me on Saturday evening, driving home from this area, it was Lily belting out that he's God's the God of all nations. It was really sweet. Do you have a at least I'm doing something right moment that would pop into your head from the last day or so? I barely remember yesterday. Um, no, I was I was thankful that at least tonight when the kids were praying, they prayed for substantive things. And I, you know, I think at their age too, there's still probably an element of I'm going to copy what mom and dad say. Um, but you know, when they sit there and please help me to obey and I don't know, I don't really feel like I do anything right for the most part, but you know, little, I guess there's a couple little wins here and there. Yeah. I I'm just, just, I'll be happy if my kids don't grow up to be hookers and drug lords. I want my kids to grow up to be happy. To be happy fun. or joyful, or is there a difference? I mean, yes, there is a difference, but I'm trying to not go that. Like, I want them to be set in a good place in life, satisfied with where it, where God has them in life, and wherever that might be. But that they know themselves, and they're they're fun to be around, and they they can be themselves and spread joy. I don't know. They don't have to. I'm almost 41, and I'm still not there. That's true. We do need to pray for our kids. Maybe they'll get there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the main thing I wanted to talk to you tonight about mm-hmm. is I um, because because life has been a little bit crazy, we haven't had time to actually process your like together your knee surgery prospects (laughs) (laughs) like we've like we've talked logistics but we haven't talked i mean you told the kids tonight (sighs) you were feeling anxious about it and the kids were like what's anxious and um and so i i i realize i don't know i i I think i sent you a couple texts about this early on but I well first of all there's something really helpless about just being knocked out on purpose and you know I just I don't like that at all I've never been one to enjoy the feeling of being out of control you know I've never liked the feeling of being um, drunk I've never liked the feeling of I've never even liked the idea of being controlled by 
you know, all my entire life I've struggled with all sorts of weird facial tics and weird things. You know, if you've ever watched me eat, I have to tap the center of my plate. Everybody's going to be watching me eat now. You'll see me tap the center of my plate. Why? I have no idea. Just got to tap the center of my plate. You know, I do this squishing my eyes thing every now and then. Um, and I had a doctor once loosely tie it to um, essentially having Tourette's. And a funny side note, a good friend of mine, Caleb, and I were joking about we should start a YouTube series called Two Guys with Tourette's, where basically they get nothing done. He's making clicking noises before he takes a bite of food. I'm tapping my plate. Three hours later, we're still trying to take a bite. <laughs> um, but the the concept of being out of control, not having control of your own body, kind of just has never sat well with Have me. you ever been fully out with anesthesia? No, just the sort of conscious anesthesia from the colonoscopy what six years ago three years ago five she, Titus's fourth she told birthday. she told me on the phone uh when that was but no um that was it and that <laughs> I remember waking up halfway through and having some very inappropriate comments come out of my mouth um you know you hear those you hear those stories of dirty old men like they go crazy and then it's all just perverse and nasty you know, they're in the nursing We're home. We're going to put you in a home far, far I, away from the rest of us. I am really hoping I don't, I don't want that. You know, I remember maybe it was the theologian John Stott one time had said, a, had made a comment about the fact that he knew an old man that when he grew old, all he did was spout scripture and try to save everybody. I was like, see, that's, that's what I want to be. I don't want to be the dirty old man. Um, so anyway, I do remember that. So no, I've never been fully, I've never been fully knocked out uh, to my, so that, there's an element of fear of just being, of just not fear of just anxiousness about, about that process. I don't like it. There's the frailty, like all of a sudden here, my body cannot heal on its own. It's like the first injury I've had. I the, can't give you honey where or it elderberry just, syrup and fix I can't it. just splint it or give it rest or build some muscles and it'll get better. Like it's not going to happen. It's permit the shredded you know so i've got to go have it repa- surgically repaired um that that weirds me out um my essentially my whole year um I, I realize these surgeries now in the modern day and age are wonderfully routine i'll probably be one out of seven he does in one day you know making you know sixty thousand dollars in one day just on surgeries um you know they're routine but it's I feel like I've like lost most of my year. Like my whole year is just kind of going poof, poof. And you know, but that's not entirely true. I think it's more mental than anything. The only thing I really won't be able, he doesn't want me to do, at least when we were talking is he doesn't want me to ski, which is fine. The ski season is mostly going to be, you know, I've got, there's about a month and a half left in the ski season. So, you know, but I've, I've got a ton of great skiing in this year. I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, I can't ski, but I can't do judo. And that's like, that bums me out. You kind of can't do the same judo ever again, right? Well, I probably shouldn't do. Let we'll rephrase that. Can't, could. You know the the full tilt randori when you're actually going against somebody who's, you know, got their full force trying to go against you. Probably not. Um, probably shouldn't do that, um, given the injury, because there's always a chance for random. You know, I mean, not random, but I mean, you do proper throws, proper technique, you're not going to get hurt. 
Um, but when you're going, when you're in a combat scenario and you're trying to take down the other person, they're trying to take down you, it's a little bit different. So yeah, probably no Randori or really, you know, intense or even just any sparring for that matter. Um, stick to groundwork, you know, you can't, you know, you sell chokes and arm bars. Um, you know, but that, that kind of bums me out. Now I'm going to stay involved, which helps. So I don't, this is the first real surgery of my life and it's, um, I, I don't like, I'm sure you could counsel me on all, like I could get counseling and somebody psych psychologist could dive into it, but I don't like, I just don't like, you know, I don't like, I don't like realizing or at least being confronted with the fact that, you know, my body can't, like maybe I'm being confronted with my mortality. Um, and I don't really like being confronted with my mortality but it's been weird you know like I've gone through all this work crisis and everything else and you know and I'm now I'm got, now I've got a surgery on a knee and you know, it's, it's I don't know I don't know if that's processing but that's everything I'm kind of thinking about Mm-hmm. do you want to ask me what I'm thinking about I was just waiting for you to pipe up no you should ask me what are you thinking about well, to be honest, I've kind of struggled with a lot of the same things that you are because having linked my future to your future, mm. being faced with your mortality is also unnerving and your, you know, a glimpse into your frailty is unnerving for me as well. And the, like, you know me, I don't do well with change and with different things. And I also, I had my wisdom teeth out in high school and I was put under for that. But for like 20 minutes, right? Yeah, like, I'm going to be out for like Like the hours. gas over my mouth, sort of 20 minutes, you know? Like, this isn't an anesthesiologist doing this. This is the dentist, like, you know, putting some gas over your mouth. And so that is new, and I'm always, like, yeah, I'm weirded out by the the whole anesthesia thing, because I'm kind of an inner hippie, and, you know, that's all sorts of stuff going through your body that things could go wrong, and I'm on the internet a lot, and some girl died a minute into a tonsillectomy in Connecticut today, and for some what? reason, for some reason, our local news stations felt the need to, like, broadcast the fact that this six-year-old girl died a minute into a tonsillectomy like i this shouldn't be national news but it is um ah, there's something else going on but there. well no i mean obviously there's something else but why is it why is it national news is the question um you know maybe she had coronavirus that's a whole nother conversation because then i could start spinning it's, off into my it's youtube an, discovery it's tonight. another yeah it's not a conversation we need to have here but um but anyway so there's all of that, plus fear and anxiety about, like, figuring out, you know, what are we going to do the day of your surgery for kid child care and all the other stuff that we have going on. And for the week following where you're basically incapacitated and and then to be really honest, I start getting a little bit resentful <laughs> because there's a lot of burden on me and you're going to be in a lot of pain. So you'll probably be cranky. Which means that I'll probably be cranky back at you, and you're not going to be any help with the kids for a week at least. Like, I can't even leave them with you. 
because you can't really. Well, they want me to get up and walk around. I mean, it's essentially going to be, I mean, for the first 24 hours, I'll probably be laid out. But, you know, she was like, well, well, why don't you get up and walk around a little bit? But we're basically going to lock your leg out. So I'll have a peg leg, essentially. Yes. Yeah, so you um, will, won't be a whole lot of Yeah, I won't, be, I won't be super mobile. So anyway, there's there's a part of me that is... So anyway, last night, as I'm, as I'm thinking about some of this stuff, I re-listened to Dave Harvey's God's Mercy in My Marriage uh, talk, which we used to re-listen to. I was really hoping you were going to say, I listened, I, I started reading, I still say I do, thinking this might be a moment like, I might get out of this marriage. This is too much for me. It's a knee surgery. I'm not cheating on no. you. <laughs> so what JR is referring to is... Dave Harvey gave a talk at a conference that we worked at. I mean, we'd maybe been married a year or two. We didn't have, we sh- well. It wasn't long. It was pretty fresh because we just read, we were pretty big fans, given the fact that we just read his book for marriage counseling, engagement counseling. Maybe it was our it was. first, maybe it was right after we got married. Was it the same year we decided, to, was it when we, right before we went to Florida? I can't remember. We piggybacked on the corporate trip. I can't remember, I don't remember where either. he spoke. Anyway, so... Orlando. It would have been Orlando. I feel like it was in Texas. Dallas? That was a year after Orlando. Yeah, because the... So uh, it would have been year two of our marriage. Yeah, so anyway, so we'd been married a year. And, um, and he gave a talk called God's Mercy in My Marriage, which impacted enough that we re-listened to it almost annually for several and years it, and handed it to all of our friends yes we ha- handed it out on cd copy which we don't even have the capacity and then to i made a CDs digital copy anymore. i think it might, i think it still have that digital copy up on it exists Dropbox. On, it exists for the the message in a different that was given in a different place mm. exists on youtube um which is how i re-listened to it last night but um but he he just published a new book that my mom gave to me called I Still Do, which is like, I think he wrote the first book after he'd been married for 10 years and the second book after he'd been married for 25. So their bodies are starting to decay and just looking at like later in life sort of issues where um, the first one he really wanted to dive into how does sin, the fact that I married a sinner, affect Mm -hmm. my marriage. And the later one, he's saying there's a whole lot of other stuff besides sin going on in our lives and yes we might respond to that sinfully but how do we process all of these different things that are going on in our lives so i think it'll be a good book but that's not the that's not the one that i i was i was i was specifically thinking um about that talk and the fact that we we get impacted by living in a broken, in a fallen world where it's not necessarily my sin or your sin that is the presenting circumstance, so to speak. So your knee blowout is not the result of your sin. Um, your knee blowout is the result of living in a broken world where things go wrong. Yeah. And I, you know, on that point, I kind of struggle a little bit with feeling um, guilty because, you know, if I had if I didn't do judo, you know, if I didn't, you know, participate in things that could possibly hurt me, I wouldn't be a burden on the family. And now here I am a burden on you. I'm a burden on the kids and that's no fun. 
Um, and so I start feeling guilty and I'm like, you know, I'm here, I am being selfish again and I'm paying for it with my injury and now it's impacting everybody else and yada, yada, yada. And I feel like crap. And so that kind of adds to the <laughs> feeling like crap because now I have to have surgery and then all the other stuff that goes into it. Um, I don't know. I don't have any answers. No, it just got me thinking. Um, I mean, for one thing the the talk is so good. Um, like he... Um, he makes the point that when you think in the category of showing your spouse mercy, whether it's, um, in their own sin that is not directly against you, but that obviously affects you, how do you show them mercy as God has shown you mercy and kindness? Or if the sin is aimed directly at you, or if it's, like I said, that third category of living in a broken world. Um, how So he says, when you think about how do I show mercy to you, that um, opens up this whole category of having ministry opportunities mm-hmm. in your to your spouse in your marriage. And he makes it clear that it's not a preaching ministry. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. kindness ministry. I think what um, makes the what makes his talk so great is precisely because he focuses on the non non sin related stuff. So many times we hear, you know, we hear counsel on dealing with with our spouse on, you know, related to sin. Oh well, you, you know, you, you know, you lied to me about where the money went, or you uh, yelled at me or whatever, you know, whatever the, whatever the sin against somebody is or perceived sin, you know, we always focus on that. Well, now I've got to forgive you. I've got to show you grace and mercy. But what if I had nothing like, honestly, just, (laughs) I'm specifically thinking of when you took Titus two years ago, when you took Titus skiing to his Saturday program and you got clobbered by a deer and totaled out the rear end and like just smashed up the rear end of the forerunner. You know, I mean, I could have, I could see a period in my life and even the, you know, like going back way back, my ex-wife got hit by somebody in the parking lot of Target. You know, I would probably venture to say I responded very poorly in that situation and a lot better than yours, but maybe that's not the case. But those situations where you're not, you're not a fault, but something like that could upset me um, because, well, that's our belonging, it's our car, it's ruined, couldn't you have slowed down, or weren't you paying attention, or... And just you know, the irritation of, just the irritation, of it's going to cost you extra money yeah, and extra energy. Yeah, just the, all, all that stuff, you know, you could, you could have all that frustration boil out to, a, you know, you, and you had no, it's not, it's not your fault, it's just deer are stupid, and it's just a circumstance of being in a fallen world, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. That's what I think made the whole, and I'll link the show, we'll link the show on the YouTube version. I'll throw a link up in the show notes, so click on those if you want to watch it. Um, But I think that to me, that's what made it such a great, such a great message is it focused on like, look, I even think he might have said something, I have vague memories now of coming back, where he said something like, the majority of the time, you're going to need to show mercy outside of a sin context. the majority of the time it's going to be because you live in a fallen world and you guys are just impacted by all this stuff. And, and it's not necessarily stuff outside you. I mean, it can be your own frailty as well. Like he tells mm-hmm. that great story about forgetting that he, where his phone was oh. and searching, <laughs> thinking he'd lost it at the mall yeah. and 
spending hours sending his family to retrace his steps and reporting it as lost and then buying a new one and going home and the phone is on the counter and you know spoiler alert for the but for the those of you who actually go listen to the to the talk but um it's just so powerful because i think all of us can identify with doing something foolish like that where i mean it is it's your fault it's not like a deer hit you it is actually your fault but it's not you sinning it's just you being a a human being who's not perfect Mm -hmm. and um and what a what an opportunity your spouse has to either rain that down on you and turn it into a quote unquote as he says teaching moment about being more responsible and more consistent with where you leave your stuff um or um or do you show mercy and even when it does impact you i mean, I in, mean her, in her case it you know it was all of that extra time it was a huge extra hassle it was probably frustrating and nerve-wracking and they lost time and they spent money on an extra phone um and so she had a a really clear choice there to make in terms of how so, she responded to him. You know, this is great. Like mentally think about all of the things you have criticized your spouse for in your mind, like all the faults you could probably say they have like in your head. What are those? I'll bet the majority of those come out somehow in your marriage and it's who they are. I don't, I really don't believe most of the time we, we, we don't wake up in the morning Going, how am I going to sin against my spouse today? Molly, how am I going to sin against? I don't wake up thinking that. I don't think about that. I wake up going, okay, how can I be a great husband? I will admit, though, sometimes I wake up thinking about how you sinned against me the day before. Right. But was that was that it? Was that a result of me directly choosing to sin, or was that a result of me in my fallen state, just who I am, like my faults or areas where I need to grow or areas where I'm even just totally unaware? that I've sinned against you? Like... Probably 10% deliberate or willful sin. Right. 90% just being who you are. That's my point. <laughs> so that's what he talks about. Is like 90% of when we need to show mercy to each other in our, in our weakness is because we're just, we're weak and fallen. And it's just who we are. We don't, we're not obviously setting out to do that. It's just, it's just, that's the person you married. Get over it. Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say get over it. I mean, here's a very live example. I woke up Saturday morning cranky at you because you stayed out drinking and smoking with a friend on Friday night while I came home and put all the kids to bed. Yeah. So I was still cranky about that on Saturday morning because me doing all this stuff on Friday set me behind on Saturday, which is why we were frustrated getting out of the house in a rush to go skiing, et cetera, et cetera. I'm I not, felt like we were in a rush because I forgot to fill the car with gas. Well, there, there was, there's go. all sorts of things. Oh. Um, but I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on on Saturday. <laughs> it made it a less than ideal Saturday get out was, the door day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but <laughs> would you really say get over that to me about Friday nights? Um, well, no. And you know I didn't say that about, about Friday night. But it, there's... That was, no, I wouldn't say that, but what I, what I meant by get over it was, you know, stop making it a real reason to break up your relationship. Like address it, address it well, address it appropriately, show some mercy. Like, look, I, 
you know, you didn't, I realize you didn't mean to cause this problem, but I'm upset and here's why. And I mean, to our credit, that's not exactly (laughs) how it worked out. I intuitively, (laughs) intuitively honed in on the fact that she's probably pissed at me for this. (laughs) Maybe, maybe there's history behind there. Maybe there isn't. So I apologized. Um, but that's, that's an opportunity to use, you know, like, look, okay, this is the person I married. These, this is what he does, you know, but it set us behind and that upsets me. And I didn't sleep well last night. It needs to be brought up. I need to address it, but I need to do it graciously. And, you know, hopefully I don't make the same mistake twice. Hopefully. (laughs) The power of cigars and friends. Terrible temptation. (laughs) That's what I mean by get over it. At least I can say that it's not standing between us now. Hmm. So... I no, mean, I think, what happens- I think that's one of his other points in this talk, though, is he talks about the power of mercy and covering where um, you you have to exercise wisdom and knowing when do I bring this up and when do I just literally forgive without addressing, especially when you've been married. A certain, he has the example of getting into a fight on the way to church. And he's like, look, if you're a newly married couple and you haven't established a pattern of working out your fights, you probably should, uh, stay in the car and work it out before you go inside. Even if like you've got to rush off to childcare and you've got to rush off to this, like you need to sit and figure it out. But if you've been married 25 years and you've had this fight once a month for 25 years and you know you're gonna you're both gonna be there when you get out of church and you're not going anywhere and you know how to forgive each other you know you can kind of suspend that or you can just cover it over you don't even necessarily have to bring it up if you genuinely know that you're not going to let it be a brick in a wall that is building up between you that you can just by by absorbing God's mercy and kindness towards you who has offended him much worse and he has covered it over without demanding anything in reparation from you, you can then be a conduit of that mercy to your spouse or to whomever. I mean, as I was listening to this, I was like, man, this, this passage, this, this sermon was so powerful to me as a newly married wife but holy cow do i need it for my kids right now he's preaching out of a passage in mark where he's about how god is kind to the ungrateful god is merciful to sinners he's kind to the ungrateful and then he asks the question are you kind to your spouse in their sin and he's not talking necessarily about their sin against you but just in their sin struggle in general so um poor spending habits or, you know, anger, road rage, you know, how do you respond when you're sitting next to your spouse who's road raging? Is it, are you showing God's mercy and kindness to them or are you getting upset at how their sin is affecting you? And so I've always listened to that in terms of how, in terms of the spouse relationship, but now that my kids have all of their own full-grown sin orb struggles and as you know yesterday when i text you a picture of this doodle that titus has done that offends me greatly which by the way he tore out of his notebook and threw away i noticed today 
because I I had the wisdom to not bring it up with him early. And I hadn't even listened to this talk yet, but I did bring it up with him because he was just so crabby all day. And finally, I was like, we're just going to have this out. Like, we are going to we are going to go head to head until I don't say until I break you because I didn't want to break him. I wanted him to be broken about his sin and his completely rotten attitude. Like he scribbled on, on Lily's paper for no reason, just because he was angry at life. And so I was like, we're going to have it out until that dam bursts. And you can admit to me and you can admit to God that you have a heart problem right now, which I love also our, our TCW, our, our children's church. They talk about repentance as asking God to take the garbage out of your heart and that's such a, pa- I, because I happened to be teaching one of those sessions where we talked about that, I know that that's language all of our kids now have. And so I was able to talk to Titus about taking the garbage out of his heart, which is what re- repentance, confession and repentance is. But um, anyway, just that idea of, he asks specifically, are you kind to your spouse, parentheses, or your kids, parentheses, or whomever? you happen to be in close relationship with in the midst of their sin. I think it's hard. It's a struggle to know when to overlook or cover and when to, when to bring it up. Like I have a very vivid memory of a situation with, and for me, I'll interject myself for a second. For me, these types of scenarios typically happen less with you and more with outside relationships. But I have a very vivid memory of somebody I worked with um, to, who had um, done some things that had really, really bothered me. And I did not know whether to bring it up or not. Um, but after sitting on it for a day or two and then, and then realizing that I was stuck, I had lunch with, a, with another wise confidant friend and said, what do you think I should do? Um, and they gave me some good counsel and it kind of backed up what I was sort of in my gut kind of feeling already, which was let it go. You know, it's not really, it's an opportunity to cover versus something else. Cause it wasn't deliberate. It wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with that. It was just one of those moments. So for me, it helps sometimes to sit on something and bounce it off somebody. I remember one time, um, a couple of years ago, uh, I got a call from our pastor's wife and she said, you know, you made a comment last Sunday after church. That's just really good. Like it, it just, it didn't resonate with me very well. And I just kind of didn't think about it, but then it started eating away at me all week and it's just, it really bothers me. And I, I wanted, I just, I, I just wanted to address it and see if there was the, what, what's going on, you know, kind of how it went down. And, um, it was just me being me and, you know, I apologized for the comment and, you know, just me being me like I usually do. Um, fortunately, like those calls are fewer and far between anymore. I don't get them nearly as much anymore. So that must be growth. Hashtag growth. Hashtag growth. Um, you know, but again, she had waited, the point being is she had waited like a week to realize, you know, like, okay, this is still bothering it's me right not, now. There's I should no, probably, like, I can't cover it over. Yeah. 
yeah, I can't cover it over. It's it's just something that needs to be brought up. So I think for me, I don't know what you, how you go about deciding whether, you know, when you get into those situations, they're like, it bothers me, but is it is it worth bringing up or not? I typically like to go kind of talk to somebody I trust who's confidential in nature and ping them a little bit, see what mm-hmm. they... Because half the time, by the time I get done explaining what's going on inside me, I've worked it out already. Yeah. And they just, they've just sat there. And I mean, like, oh, great. Thanks. I'm answer. I'm good. And they're like, uh, glad to help. <laughs> you know, kind of like the IT person who shows up at your desk to fix your computer and all of a sudden it starts working. Right. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Same concept. Yeah. So I guess my, my sort of final takeaway from this conversation is I, I'm trying to mentally prepare for how we might be in positions of needing to show mercy to each other in the week or month after your surgery um, or even I guess in a couple days of leading up to it as the possibility of stress eating away at us um, becomes more of a possibility but particularly I'm thinking afterwards um, yeah you know how what in, in each of these categories how do we sort of mentally prepare for the covering over or the mercy and kindness, or the, um, what's the other? He had several, I can't remember, is it? He had three categories, mercy and kindness, mercy and covering, and then I can't remember the third category. Mercy in back rubs. Well, there's that. There's always that, which I'm not expecting getting a lot of when your knee, when your leg is locked out. Well, I can lay on my left side. Right. The other leg will be up in the I, air. I have no idea. I'll just have to bribe our children in. I had a friend who said the whole me... year. I had a friend who said his whole year was pretty painful, just in general, like leading up to finally being able to. And ski. see, here's 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 my specific application. So when you're in pain, you're um, you're kind of a man cold guy. Oh, absolutely. So I can't tell how much pain you're actually in. Because, like, I, when you told me that you had gotten sick on Sunday night, too, I assumed that you also were throwing up all night while helping other children throw up all night like I was. And then you were like, yeah, I was sat on the toilet for a while. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't throw up. I didn't I'm, sleep. I'm sorry that you were also sick. I didn't sleep and it hurt and it was really uncomfortable. Uh-huh. But I didn't throw up yeah. with the baby in my lap. Uh-huh. Um. So, so but how do I, I say that? Like we get no, sick no, differently. I, see, like it affects I, I realize us. that. I realize that. But I, I will be very honest. I have a, I have trouble being merciful and kind and empathetic and all the things when you, when I can't judge, is it man cold pain or is it in like, is it like, like childbirth pain? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I... And and also on top of that, because when you're in pain, even even when you're not leg locked out, you get you, I mean, all of us do this. We're tired. And so I have the extra burden of, you know, I can, I'm assuming that there's a week where you're not really going to be good for much of anything in terms of taking care of the house and things like that. And then, you know, so that that added layer makes me less merciful and less kind. Um, this is going to be fun. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to put the whole thing on video. I'm going to set a GoPro up in our, in no, our I, I, I'm trying to, <laughs> to 
prepare my heart and ask God to prepare my heart, knowing that these are going to be my particular temptations, to be mindful of that and to, I don't know, maybe like, maybe we can like fill the bath. Are there like, like, is there an, a mercy essential oil that I can like be diffusing? <laughs> Come on, where are my oils, peoples? I need a mercy. I think like Young Living is good at naming their things. I don't need valor. I need mercy. Valor. So there's, there's one called Bravery. That courageous um that's funny i have no idea you and i do think differently like i i essentially prepare my heart by trying to recognize what the potential pitfalls will be and then essentially just asking god to like just help me respond well because i know i'm probably not going to respond well i don't know what that's going to look like because i don't know what this whole situation is going to look like just Help me respond well, whatever that is. Um, but I don't know. Like that, I feel like that's kind of what I just said. Maybe. I didn't hear With it. It's a different vocabulary. Right, that's probably why I didn't hear it. Different vocabulary. You process <laughs> things well. Like, yeah. This is communication. Communication. Man, God help communication. us to communicate well, as well as to show each other mercy. That's and... what I just said. <laughs> Maybe you did. I just didn't. I just didn't comprehend what you said out of your. It's not what I heard, but okay. Mass did, communications. I have a degree in what communications. What did you hear I me can't. say? Um, you know, I I heard you. If it seemed a lot more um, tactile, like you had a, you had a strategy. You were thinking of very specific things related to tiredness, anger you know, work on the house. I've got to get this stuff done this week. I'm going to be doing it by myself. He's going to be laid up there and I'm going to be resenting him while he's laying in the, in the bedroom and, you know, watching Netflix or something, you know, you're thinking of very, very specific things. I don't go down to that specific level. Oh, I just stay yeah. up here. Cause I don't know what that specific level is going to look like. Mm. Maybe I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? God knows. Maybe we'll all die of coronavirus by then. We need to. Um, we need to end with another Ellie Holcomb. I don't think it's going to make it to my Ellie. That fast. It's really. I'm sure you find it really weird in your little house with your kids and doing normal mom things, but you're a celebrity in this house. I'm sure that's odd, but I only, don't think only you listen. Only it's not Ellie. It's Helly, according to Elise. Helly Holcomb. Helly Helly Holcomb. Um, they, they like Drew too. Kids like Drew too. Well, he's got a beard and no, he's a teddy they, bear. And... I can't remember which kid, if it was Titus or Lily. We were listening to the Lily. New... It's Elizabeth. Was it? No, you, you don't even know what I'm going to say. She likes, she's the one that's always requesting. No, but his album. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, I like this song. Oh, I like this song too. It was Elizabeth. Was it? I yeah. think it might have been Titus. No, you'd mentioned in the car skiing that Elizabeth likes like every song on the record no Andrew Holcomb's yeah. album The Dragons yeah Dragons okay alright so it's but her. that's what maybe she's um, she's maybe more... again maybe you said something different than what I heard <laughs> one, of, one of our kids is like I think this might be my favorite song on the album and then the next one plays and it's like I think this might be my favorite See, song I'm, on the album I, I thought that was Elizabeth it could have but... been it could have been but anyway I could be going back to going too. back to um um the title song on Ellie Holcomb's new album 
is don't forget to remember. Um, no. So See, now, now we've got two of them. We've got don't forget to remember and then always remember to never forget. There's two different songs. By Good two job, Ellie. Artists. Well done. Um, no, it's two Super different cleverness. artists. Super cleverness. No, but oh, the is always, it two different artists? It's two different artists. Yeah, because there's the Christina Knuckles is the oh. always remember to never forget. And then... No. I'm sure Ellie and Christy are friends, too. So they probably wrote those they songs might be. together. They're both friends with Sally Lloyd-Jones. Oh. <laughs> who is also a celebrity in our household. Um, no, now I have to look it up quickly. Um, you know, people knock the Christian music scene or CCM music, but too many of those people have their heads screwed on straight. I mean, they're really writing good music they really got good theology they're really well ellie holcomb's you know, her just, last two kids albums are specifically designed to embed scriptural truths right well in my in, in my kids hearts. and the point is all of these people know each other and hang out for the yeah, most part that's true you know they they're all, all in influencing yeah. one another they're all in nashville they all help each other out so her um, new so this is my closing <clears throat> thought her new one mm-hmm. is don't forget to remember and it's that that just the idea that God is always with you and he loves you and he's always for you. I really like her new record. It's got some super catchy hooks on it. Titus likes the wherever I go. It's more of like a cha-cha-cha sort of album. And Lily, of course, loves God of all nations. But we all like, don't forget to remember. So, parting words for us. Parting words for us. Don't forget to remember to have mercy on your spouse. And don't forget to remember where that mercy comes from. Don't forget to remember where you put your car keys. I have tiles in all of my devices now. Best birthday present ever. It's a gift that keeps on giving since we have to buy new ones every year. It has, but it has saved us so much hassle. It has saved... The only that time was it gets one of awkward. those just get over it when you say when you say just get over yeah. my weakness. I just get over the just fact get over it. that you spend always lose stuff. Thirty bucks and get you a Bluetooth finder. It's, I think it's about a hundred bucks a year for all of the. It's about thirty dollars. Nah. It's about thirty dollars per I just, tile. I replaced no. I replaced two of them this last time. They've gone down in price for like. But people, bucks if you have a spouse who's always misplacing their keys, their water bottle, their wallet, tile is worth its weight. In gold. It's in worth your weight in relationship gold. That too. But I mean, blood man, pressure gold. It is so nice. I mean, gold. here's here's an example. Here's an example. JR can't find his wallet. And the other day, my Every mom day. has all of my. Well, no, this. Remember the day my mom has all the kids. We're supposed to be going out for lunch. You're hunting up and down. I was just thinking about this. This you've is the got, only time it doesn't work. You've too, got your phone pinging it. You know that you didn't leave it at the gym or mm-hmm. at the coffee shop because I just, it's I just brought it, your it phone is morning. within Bluetooth range of it. Right. And you're pushing the beeping sound and you're walking around the house and we can't hear the beeping. And then it would go out of range randomly. Yeah. So I'd, I'd walk in and I'm, I'm like, OK, this seems to be the closest spot and it I can't hear it anywhere. So finally, I go downstairs and I'm like, wait a second. I think I hear it beeping and then it stops because you've gone out of range. Right. And You're then like, you get it beeping again. So finally, we discover it in the far corner of our basement on the floor of our seven-year-old's room. Who knows yeah. how it got there? It could have fallen out of your pocket while you were snuggling with her. You were like wrestling with her or something earlier in the day in there. We have... 
I wouldn't say Lily or Titus could have brought it down there, but for sure Faith or Elise could oh, have absolutely. brought it down there. It could have been transported in a pile of their stuff. Who knows how it got there? The point is, <laughs> Lily's room is such a perpetual disaster that if we hadn't found it, we might never have found it. That's true. Or at least That's years true. from now. But thanks to Tile... We knew where it was. We knew it was in the house. Like we didn't have to do even if we couldn't find it in the moment. We knew we wouldn't have had to like cancel your credit cards and stuff. Right. We knew that it wasn't lost, and you push the button, and it's and it beeps until you can find it, and from your phone you register it with your phone. It is so. I mean, and this happens probably every other week in our house with something, or you know something gets left somewhere. And we can locate it immediately. I would, tile. I would, I would say that I probably use my tile um, multiple times a week, easily multiple times a week. Usually for my wallet because I, I don't like keeping my wallet in my pocket of my pants. I like keeping it. I don't like having stuff in my pants pockets. It drives me nuts. Weird, weird thing. So I put it in. I put it in my jacket, or I'll have it in a bag. Or I'll take it out and be like, oh, that's right. I got this in my side pocket of my Carhartt. So I'll pull it out, throw it on the shelf. Um, and most of it's my fault. If I would just put my stuff in the same place every time, I wouldn't lose it. But it doesn't happen. Life, again, life. You live in a... So rather world. than make every time this happens a teaching moment for me and make it frustrating, mm-hmm. we just... Make me late for everything. Make just, me angry because I've lost something and, and feel Don't stupid. Don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. I get oh, angry too. I don't forget about you. <laughs> um, but no, let me. But the tile has been just <clears throat> yeah, a. So. We're just gonna move on and get over our frailty. Yeah. In that regard. Ties totally and just get over it and move on. So anyway, cool. Well, um, I want to say before we close out the show that I am super thankful for everybody that has emailed us, messaged us, sent us, texted us, sent us a variety of comments thanking us for the show we we love you it's super fun seriously we really appreciate it like this is it's really encouraging it's super fun to do this and i'm thankful we're like contributing some good to the world it's it's nice so thanks for listening um please continue to share us with everybody you know um that they can share in the love too and we can all have a giant happy love fest Mercy Fest. Today it's a Mercy Fest. Today it's a Mercy Fest. Um, and uh, you can do so by following us at toobusytoflush.com or simply put tb2, the number 2f.com and at toobusytoflush on Instagram. So we typically have only those. Sign up on our email list. But finally, subscribe to our show, listen, share it, and please, please, please leave us a great review. A written review is wonderful. Um, just simply, I think we're up to like pure five-star reviews at this point. So I'm, again, I'm super <laughs> thankful for you guys. There's, I think there's seven of you that have left five-star reviews. You guys are awesome. Love it. But that helps um, That helps get the word out. And especially if you think we're, uh, we're remotely valuable, which is the first time in my life anybody has ever, I think, said I'm valuable. Something. Oh, you're valuable to me. <laughs> Unless you're laid up after knee surgery. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.